0: five of Movie Mumble, the recap for our second cycle of films. Uh, I am your host, Scott, and joined by my steadfast comrades, Joel. Yavul And Tim. Hi. <laughs> you. Why did you answer my comrade with German? Because, because, well, I mean, why not? Anyway. Uh, Badly this, pronounced German. Yeah, for these recap episodes, we come together to discuss the last three films, the last cycle of films, one cycle being... Uh, three films where each of us has picked once so once Joel, Tim, and I have each picked a film that's a cycle then we'll do a recap you do not get cheated out of a regular episode these recaps are scheduled in between our normal ones so you're welcome to skip them and not really miss out on anything or you know you're welcome to listen to them and get a bit of bonus incoherent rambling (laughs) they're
1: also a great jumping on point if you've never listened to the podcast before
0: it's Mm -hmm. a good, good way to catch up yeah So, uh, for the recaps, we like to just give things another breath of air and go over the films we saw with hindsight and fresh perspective, whatever may have come with time.
1: Watch them with the butts.
0: Mm -hmm. We'll go over anything we didn't get to discuss in our original episode, or just bring up new thoughts we've only had since then. You know, that sort of thing. This past cycle, we watched On Her Majesty's Secret Service, the sixth Bond film and the only one starring George Lazenby, Shin Godzilla, the first Japanese Godzilla film in, in quite a while actually, and their third reboot of the franchise, and Pi, Darren Aronofsky's directorial debut. So, gentlemen, what do you have to discuss for this cycle? And it's been nagging at you?
1: Well, I, I, I thought we would just start chronologically also, because I love talking about James Bond. Um, <laughs> so, since we had watched the film, um, I, I got quite sick, and I stayed home from work quite a few days. And I ended up watching a multitude of James Bond films. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you
0: watched the first five leading up to Honor Manistice, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I did
1: some prep work there. <laughs> so you ended up marrifying Bond. Yeah, um, I, I watched about half of the franchise between those two or three weeks there. Um, hashtag Bond is life. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so I, I ended up skipping over... No, I watched, I watched Diamonds Are Forever, which was an interesting movie to return to because I kind of got it in my head that it was kind of... Because Sean Connery had come back and he wasn't super stoked to do the film, mm-hmm. and they finally broke down and gave him money, and he's kind of older and he's kind of like lazy in the film. I fucking love that movie. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah. like it's a really fun Bond. It's got a great Bond girl. It's all so I, I watched that afterwards, and then I, I skipped over to the or went to the more films and watched Man with a Golden Gun. I skipped Live and Let Die because I watched that one all the time, and then I watched um, Spy. I loved me. And then I, I needed to take a break, because two more films is a, a quite a bit of camp. So I ended up watching all of the Daniel Craig ones, back to back to back to back yeah. to back. Oh, okay.
0: Which is, uh, is that five now, or four? Or? Four. Oh. Of Skyfall Inspector, yep. yes, mm-hmm. four. Yeah. And, God, I love those movies. <laughs> <laughs> it almost
1: didn't feel like I was sick <laughs> getting to watch those all the way mm-hmm. through. That's and it made me sick. want to, to talk more about, because, Scott, you're not a big fan fan of casino royale
0: i mean i'm not i don't dislike it i bond movies fall into a few categories there are the the ones i really like and then there's the middle ground the ocean of uh, the phrase ocean of mediocrity is fun to say but i feel like that's unfair is too severe Mm -hmm. just the ocean of just solid bond films and then there are the uh the, what shall I call it? The Pit of Despair. The <laughs> um, <laughs> Pit of Despair. Uh, a View to a Kill resides in that for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, License to Kill is teetering on the edge. It's mostly in the pit. Okay. And then Quantum of Solace, I think we discussed, I barely remember that film. It's Which fit I fit guess, by by nature, puts it in the pit, because <laughs> right. if I don't remember it, and I can remember all the other Bond films. But I, I need to give that a rewatch. But Casino Royale is just in the, the ocean of middle for me. Okay. sort of middle average. It was a little disappointing at the time but I've certainly warmed up to it in hindsight gotcha mm-hmm.
1: like I, I, I think I said before I think Quantum suffers by being it's own movie if you mm-hmm. watch it right after Casino Royale it, mm-hmm. it tends to be more entertaining because you don't have that time gap Um. what what I, I was trying to remember what you were saying about I, specifically about Casino, about Casino Royale
0: part of my big problem and I mean mine with me mm-hmm. was that I didn't quite grasp that we were completely rebooting bond
2: okay as
0: a whole so much as just oh, we're making an, an, an earlier bond film earlier in his career okay no problem and the next one was to be unrelated as they always have been you know right. it didn't didn't come through to me that this is going to be its own set of films and we're going to start at the beginning gotcha so a lot of the atmospheric changes just bothered me As sort of this wasn't the big budget world spanning action film that right. Bond is, you know, mm-hmm. that Brosnan was and lots of Roger Moore films were and, you know, so that was disappointing. Um, there was something about the plot in the last uh, section that just felt a little a little stumbly. Uh, okay. Maybe from when we resolve everything with Le Chief through to the finale in Venice. And
1: you had a problem and, uh, with the the torture scene being more about inflicting pain than any kind of meticulous strategy for extracting information I, I
0: honestly am trying to completely oh, okay. what I said about that actually I'd love to say whether well we, I, I think it was is.
1: just that it was a very blunt form of torture I love how we, I started our discussion of this specific bond movie with talking about every other bond movie I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> no, to have funny. done that <laughs> it's difficult when we choose franchise films because it's hard to talk about one without encapsulating it, right. it with all the other ones just the, the the ball on the rope attacking the man's balls.
3: The wicker chair.
0: I mean, like, I can see the picture of the scene here. I just, I don't, it's not got ruined, any feelings? No, okay, any, gotcha. Just crazy, I guess? Okay. I don't know. Because every time that, I watch it, I'm like, this,
1: this is so Oh, well, so it fun. wasn't
0: the scene itself so much as just the whole him running off and wrecking his car and getting captured just felt kind of that's the beginning of the stumbling of the plot I'd okay. say for me. It just felt like oh well we need to get him to suffer so he can want to retire right. with Vesper so they can lose the money so he can uncover that so he can commit himself to MI6. You know like we need all these things to happen that at a, they're, they're tightly woven narrative about the poker game and the assassins and the the back and forth between the sudden violence away from the table and the the calm gentleman's tension at the table—that Right. That was well done. And then when that was over, they were like, "Oh well, we just we need to set up everything else." Gotcha. And that, that's the whole chunk of that just felt less thought out to me. Right. Sort of just, oh, how about this? And it's oh, a clear how about divide between oh, how those about two. That? Yeah. Right. Okay. Like that's sort of where the film ends for me. Gotcha. And not just because it's where the main plot ends, but because the rest felt a little disconnected, mm-hmm. just from itself. You know. Gotcha. Like,
1: See, that's another. That—that's the thing about Majesty's Secret Service too. It has. It kind of has a fractured storyline that similar. way, right? Because when, when we don't find love
0: a... and his decision to quit mi six, right? Okay. And then,
1: but when we finally figure out what fails uh, like plot is, it's way way late in the game, mm-hmm. and we've we've had this meet cute love strange interactions with st- potential stepfathers, like and. It's just kind of a weird setup. I don't know if that's just inherent to Bond films where. I'm trying to think of one where, like, the. I guess Goldeneye is a good example of, like, a really well woven intrigue story all Mm -hmm. the way through where you get elements, even from the cold open, that come back.
0: Mm -hmm. It's interesting that Bloodfeld sort of is. He's almost secondary of the whole of On Her Majesty's Secret Service, yeah. because it's sort of a business as usual Bond in, in a lot of ways and it, it all sets up at the end for Bond to be forcibly put back into his role of espionage mm-hmm. so, no, you don't get to just business as usual Blofeld he's gonna make you the f- make himself the focus again mm-hmm. which leaves us diamonds on forever to just be Blofeld focused entirely and focused, boy focused is so. it oh god <laughs>
1: so great great recasting great to have doubles and you get blofeld and drag which is one of the like just most sublime things i've ever seen and he's walking the 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 las vegas strip and they double the cat and you get bond driving a moon car it's like i almost wish i would have brought that film to the party here because it's just like it's such an interesting follow-up, and really satisfying to watch after this really devastating conclusion. Right, mm-hmm. like that—that that finale is still really shocking and mm-hmm. hard as a, a f- fan of Bond to watch.
0: It's interesting that too that, despite Diamonds Are Forever ultimately dealing with Blofeld, mm-hmm. Diamonds Are Forever's cold open is Bond apparently finishing Blofeld off. Yeah. So we take this throwing you know, him in a quick multi-film sand. sequence of events, building through Spectre and Blowphone and the Number One, and and killing the wife, and they just resolve it. Yeah. Within the first few minutes of Diamonds Are Forever, and apparently, Bald like rage.
1: Sean Connery's barely in any of those sequences. Like there's a whole like he's interrogating a whole bunch of people and like just socking him in the jaw. Yeah. I mean, and he's not even like he's, he's barely
0: ADR you know. into it. They wanted to do that because they wanted to reveal him again. Right. Sort of like they did with Lazenby, right. actually, where you don't see his face for a while. Oh, right. You know, that
1: opening like sequence with Lazenby, I still really, really enjoy. I think it's really well done.
0: It is interesting. It's it's very bondish. He's following this woman, and he pulls her out of the ocean, and they get attacked. <coughs> and he has
1: uppercuts for days. <laughs> I guess I didn't really have any other thoughts no, about the film. I just, I just Bond. like yeah. talking about Bond. I, I think I was talking to you guys about like I didn't realize how deep rooted my fandom was until I was talking to my mom. It, my birthday had passed, and she was sending me all these pictures of me as a little kid dressed up as different things. And there is like four or five pictures where I am in a little tuxedo dressed as James Bond with a yes. little water pistol, and it's
0: just like adorable. Young, girl. it's so
1: so ingrained in me from such a young age.
0: Mm-hmm has spanned so many decades Mm. and he has adapted which is a little more obvious in roger Moore's films because he got some of the uh the the louder trends yeah you know but it 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 holds true all the way through up until craig really Mm -hmm. uh craig's films are adapted to the times in a different way than the others were you know less less aesthetic and pop culture trend and more you know, filmmaking tone. That's fair. uh, That's a good point. You know, Bordermore gets all those crazy Mardi Gras films and stuff and all the bright colors because that's what was popular at the time, you know, and Brosnan gets all the cool gadgets and the lasers because that's what was cool at the time, you know. But even, even the earlier films, even Connery's films, they all fit this. Bond films are sort of simultaneously a way to track culture changes and a way and a, a catalyst to cause them that's yeah, at the same time yeah yeah, yeah. i see joel's eyes he's gazing the distance as he ponders at the bond film's influence on his childhood <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that that powder blue prom tuxedo comes from uh, too many god i films. wish i had <laughs> i
1: want the powder blue uh, um He's got like it's not a leisure shoot it's the one he wears in gold finger where it's like his leisure outfit and it's like cut really tight you can almost see uh <laughs> testicle like it's that high cut Moose knuckle <laughs> like, it's just like really comfy cozy powder blue
3: i want one <laughs> so where would you where would you like to see the 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 bond franchise go what what's sort of like Ooh, that's yeah. a
0: great question, because we only have one more Craig movie. Oh, he's doing another. He's oh, signing two? on. Oh. He's signed on for ah, two. Okay. Oh, so, okay. So we have two more. But regardless, still a great question.
1: Yeah. I mean, somebody else should answer that first, because I've already talked so much. Like, Tim, what? what well, did, I mean, I know you've probably right. seen the least of the Bond films of all of us, but you, you seem to enjoy it. It's just, I mean action movie that's fun. Yeah. Um, so what part of the universe are you interested in seeing more of?
3: Well, what's what's one of the things that's always, at least in the Bond films I've seen, what's what's kind of bugged me, and I guess why they do it, is like, you know, he'll learn about all these new gadgets, and there'll be like, you know, five or six gadgets, and he'll use like two of them. And then the rest of them, which I understand, it's like, I feel like it would be, something to complain about. If it's like here are your three new gadgets and then oh you just so happen to have to use exactly those three gadgets. Um that but that's the thing that I've always been like really interested in is like yeah like the technology part of it. And granted I, you know, I, I get and I love that it's like, oh a lot of time he doesn't need the gadgets. It's all about it's all about his ability to improvise and, you know, when he has nothing he can still make it out of a situation. Um also I feel like with with Casino Royale, wasn't it a little? I mean, like he did get some gadgets, but I felt like it was almost no, he didn't more get about any gadgets. Well, I remember, didn't he have to like? Uh, what was it like he had he pulls to pulls a
0: defibrillator out yeah, of his car? Yeah, I yeah. remember that. Like instead of one of the undoubtedly countless ones hanging on the walls in their luxury right. resort. <laughs>
3: yeah. Um, but like and I remember at the beginning. Wasn't like there a lot of like parkour that he had to do? Yeah. So it was definitely yes. more about him just being physically capable, right? Um, so I thought that was kind of neat, but but I almost kind of, part of me also missed the gadgets a little bit. Um,
1: That's a hard
3: reset from the Brosnan era, right, which was yeah. really gadget heavy mm-hmm. it, it was a way yeah. of grounding it. Um, and I, I, I remember, I know this is kind of off-topic, but definitely kind of relevant. Um, you know, Scott recently, let, yeah, it was you that let me borrow Kingsman, right? Yes. 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 And which I, you know, as I'm watching that, I'm like, oh, this is kind of like, yeah, obviously very, Bond based, but a different twist on that, and I almost—this is probably blasphemy—but I almost enjoyed that better. And well, I was trying to—I like, was trying to, yeah, zero in on okay, what is it about this that draws you in? That that somehow, where the, the Bond Bond films sometimes lose you, and I don't know if it was just the maybe the directness of the plot. Like hmm. I always feel lost whenever I'm watching a Bond film
1: who's that what are they doing what's right, the goal you know who's and the you know villain?
3: yeah and it just always seems very like vague like you know like well why are they there again like you know like like casino royale why does he have to win this poker game like what with, what are the stakes what's right. going on what's the importance of this like okay sure i can accept and enjoy the strategy of winning a poker game but i'm like what does that have to do with like world security and right not like the world blowing mm-hmm. up or it'd be whatever, interesting you know,
1: like was... for you to see um from Russia with Love cause that is a straight across the board mm-hmm. like espionage movie ok and it's really well crafted the way it moves from set piece to set piece like it makes a really good case for why he's doing everything I would argue that mm-hmm. that is
0: our most classic Bond and although there are plenty that can claim the title for one reason or another from Russia with Love deals with the Soviet Union mhm which is a big Bond theme and a big just spy espionage yep. theme. Mm-hmm. And it lays out a lot of the themes that were revisited yeah. or made bigger in other Bond mm-hmm. films.
1: But like you said, there, there is a vagueness to it. It's kind of like you're discovering the plot as he is. Yeah. Kingsman is pretty straight. I, is it also that, like, because Kingsman has such a sharp Distinction between what Eggsy's life is like and his personality and his upbringing, and Mm -hmm. then you get, um, uh, Colin Farrell. No, (laughs) Firth. Colin Farrell in that movie would be different. But like that, the the dichotomy of those two worldviews and maybe,
3: yeah. I mean, that was definitely interesting. Um, Like it it almost had a Matrixy sort of quality. (laughs) Of course, you know this person works at at it has a shitty job and is a computer hacker ends up being a superhero right you know it was that kind of thing like this kid who's kind of like oh you know i didn't know my father grew up without him i've got this kind of like hard knock life type of thing and it's like oh by the way you're destined to be this super spy Mm -hmm. you know kind of plucking him out of his old life and kind of giving him this brand new one that he's that he's suited for and um you know maybe I mean you know maybe that's part of what draws it to me is like you know that kind of you know always wanting someone to come along and be like recognize that I'm really good at something and be like hey we're going to take you out and train you to be even better at what you're already good at and you're going to be great and and successful at it and um, you know instead of just being like oh I guess I'll deliver the mail again today Hmm. you know so you know maybe that's part of you know on that like underneath level what draws me to those type of things whereas I almost feel like with James Bond like it's almost as if he was always suited to that and that's always been his job and it's not something where he's th- th- maybe there was a little bit of this, well no I don't think there was even a little bit of, this of cons- in Casino Royale even though they were doing a reboot where he's it starts off with the cold open yeah him like running and chasing a guy so it's not like it starts off where he's like working in retail <laughs> you know and then they recruit him to be a spy it's like he's just always doing that you know
1: um, but you wouldn't necessarily want to see a Bond origin story
3: um, maybe if it was if it was really cool and and clever and maybe and it wouldn't have to be done like that. But um, uh, and you know, I was also thinking like the movie Wanted is a lot like that too. Mm. You know, like this sort of like, oh hey, yeah, you've got a shitty life, but t- guess what? You were destined for greatness. Here, come train and do all this stuff. And, I mean, Star Wars is like that. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Luke's you know on this farm in the literally in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> The middle of nowhere on a planet that is in the, the middle, middle of nowhere, nowhere in a yeah. galaxy, you're right.
1: Yeah. There's a shiny center of the universe. And then, and <laughs> it's a yeah, planet it's the farthest way. from.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, so maybe that's it. Maybe that's the thing that, that dr- that's drawn to me is like, hey, guess what? You're right. You were destined for greater things than than this. Um, but also, uh, um, th- on a bigger scale, the thing that I really liked about uh, um, we were just Kingsman mm-hmm. Is like even though it was this bigger picture, um, like world threat, like I understood the threat because it was involving the whole world. It was I feel like sometimes, and I'm I'm, I'm really <laughs> really bad at like history and politics and you know um, complicated world events. So like I feel like a lot of the times in in the Bond films because it's like very British, they're referencing all this stuff that I'm just like, well wait, what's what is that? What's the significance of that? I don't know british politics well enough to be like oh you're referencing this thing that's going on and, well, and like like oh, you know.
0: the south park problem in that it's current to do with events mm-hmm. sort of not, not like super of but don't or... mention things right yeah which the Bond has you know it's followed those trends as i mentioned earlier very well throughout the years mm-hmm. but kinsman benefited from being quote-unquote current in terms of it's to do with everyone's cell phone craze Technology. technology. Well, that plus That was the total, yeah. sum total of their their trend following was technology, That's make the villain use that, done. You mm-hmm. know, Mons will be, they'll, they'll name drop specific names or countries or things, mm-hmm. you know, which lends a depth to it that Kinsmen can't achieve, but also lends a certain amount of confusion to it mm-hmm. and a certain it ages noticeably you know yeah and s-
1: to a certain extent the the threats are localized with greater implications
3: rather than yes the whole world is at uh yeah in danger because of global warming oh yeah i know what that is right. i get that okay. you know yes it was you know and it's it's one of those things where <laughs> it's definitely like a humbling experience for me like okay i don't i don't follow this plot like okay but like oh yeah global warming i get that you know okay and so yeah so it was easier for me to, latch on to the, the plot of Kingsman because yeah even though it was a British agency what they were dealing with was a, a truly global thing not like yeah not not super specifically relevant to the British and mm-hmm. what's going on and
0: which is the nature of the they are very very clear in the Kingsman films that they're not a political entity mm-hmm. this is a group of people in Britain yes but right completely unrelated to the government
3: yeah hmm. so.
1: So would you want to see Bond films more kingsman or Maybe. Or maybe just not go see Bond films and go see Kingsman instead.
3: <laughs> well, the, yeah. and I mean, I'm not opposed to Bond films. And I... Because that was the argument for a lot of... Like, mm-hmm. the Brosnan era
1: is like, why would I go see Bond when I've got Bourne is doing it better? Or, like, mm-hmm. they're, they're, you know, the I Mission mean, Impossible franchise say, is doing it better.
0: Why, we need to show Tim, like, diamonds are forever next or yeah. one of the, the more kinsman like bonds it's mm-hmm. a little more fun uh-huh. but i think bond would have benefited from kinsman coming out sooner coming out around the born era because bond films weave back and forth from left to right across the spectrum of fun serious yeah and they're always always in a middle section somewhere mm-hmm. and they everything kind of reached a critical mass at the end of the Rosin era with Die Another Day. You know, the gadgets and things got sillier than ever. Right. And the serious got so serious it was almost not serious, you know, and, nice. and it all, you know, which is one of the reasons they backed off. Then we got Born, which was all serious. Yep. And if we had, at the same time, got Kinsmen, which was all fun, the two films could have, have progressed side by side mm-hmm. and left... Casino Royale to come out in its new middle ground as a sort of nice refreshing mix but for me personally Casino Royale felt but well, one of the problems with it was that it felt too muddled Too, mm. you know we had just come off of some of the better Bourne films which were all serious and now we had another film that was like well you had some of the stuff that Bourne did right but then you had all this other stuff and you, you know it just it felt a little bit strange mm. to go from one extreme, back to the lukewarm center, um, and I think the the Craig films have certainly hit their stride lately, and they're they're really great. And especially, that yeah. you know, Kinsman exists and John Wick exists. They're yeah. mm-hmm. they're nice. And, and Jason Bourne has withered. They're a nice. I'm so glad John Wick exists. That's a fucking change, but I, it almost feels natural to watch Bond's progression just sort of explode yeah. and then give birth to two film franchises that are on opposite extremes Mm -hmm. except that you know kinsman was delayed a bit but that seems Mm -hmm. to make a bit of sense
3: and and maybe that's part of it too like uh, you know i (laughs) i would never presume to change to say oh the bond films should change to cater me but yeah i like that they spawned other films i'll call up night artists (laughs) right yeah (laughs) we'll we'll call the broccoli you know because you know (laughs) you know there are there are plenty of people who have that perspective You know, like, I didn't enjoy this film, therefore it sucks, and they did it wrong. It's like, you know, like, and, and I feel like that's part of it, too, is that there is this very much of a, um, a following, and th- that's one of the things I've seen, too, is, like, um, I think they're made for Bond fans, you know? So I feel like to really appreciate it, and I, and I appreciate that that's the case, and I, I'm, I'm glad that it exists for the people who are really into it, but it's almost like there's this acknowledgement of, like, Okay, if I was going to really appreciate these, I'd have to go back from the beginning, watch all of them, get all these references, kind of store up all this knowledge, and be like, okay, this was in response to this, and you know, and that, and I noticed a lot of that when we did this one because how you were saying a lot of the stuff with, oh yeah, well, it's the first one, you know, it's the only one with George Lazenby because of Sean Connery, and it's like, okay, so there's a history behind the film.
0: But I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. But no, okay. Craig's films, despite being filled with references, you really. Don't lose a whole lot of the film mm-hmm. from not knowing the references. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, when the cat walks in, Inspector, all the people who remember Blofeld go, Oh, because cat Blofeld. But that happens, you know, five minutes before the camera pans up and there's Blofeld. Right. It's like, Oh. And meanwhile, you know, you or whoever else is watching and, Oh, this is our big bad. And, Oh, he means business. Like, you're finding out right now right. what we knew a few minutes sooner just because mm-hmm. of our memories. And that's it. It's not, you know, you know, they didn't drop those hints, you know, in
3: earlier films. Right. Yeah. But even like the fact that it was called Spectre, I remember like hearing you and John talk mm-hmm. about it, like, well, Oh, it's you know, the, yeah, this was hinted. And I was like, Oh, okay, sure. You yeah. know? Um, so again, like it's, it, it's, it's not a, a criticism of the films of mine. It's more like, okay, like I'm going to enjoy the things that this birthed, you know, because they've kind of done variations that seem to kind of uh, uh, fit my, my palate a little better. Mm-hmm. Um you know and and yeah, you know keep keep doing what you're doing with the bond films because that's what's creating these these other things, but um yeah I, I, yeah i I'm not going to go you know study current events better so that I can understand <laughs> bond films and and that's fine i'm'm I'm, I'm content with that, you know, I know my place <laughs> <laughs> what about you scott what what do you want to see from the
1: future of the bond franchise
0: before I answer that actually nope. the current events relation is sort of a holdover from the newspaper. I almost feel like. Mm. Because, you know, if you wanted to know what was going on in the world, you had to turn on the TV or read the newspaper, and they were all everywhere. So it was all Mm headline-based. So Bond was able to use the headlines that everybody knew about. Right. Because there was just less to Mm -hmm. see and to know. Yeah. Now I can get on the internet, fill myself in on all the news that has anything to do with the PlayStation 4 and my favorite game franchises, spend two hours doing that, reading those current events, and never once hear that a bomb has gone off somewhere or an election took place or anything because you have with the internet you have the ability to direct your current events much mm-hmm. more precisely mm-hmm. so i wonder if bond's attachment to current events has become it can't sustain yeah it's becoming way. more troublesome yeah because people won't know about them in the same universal way that they used to
1: so they the have internet. to be more mm-hmm. universal f-
0: Current events are less universal. now. Yeah. Yeah. So Sorry, the film yeah. has to be more less broad, tied yeah. to that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that was a uh, no. Finish that up. Yeah. I really don't know where I want Bond to go after this. Um, I, I think tonally and thematically, I want it to stay where it's at. Okay. With Craig's last couple of films. Yeah. I really love Skyfall and Spectre. They're some of my favorites. I agree. Know. So, the way they were executed, yes, keep going with that. But I don't know whether I want them to do another reboot after Craig is gone you know and do a whole bunch of one actor Bond series sort Mm -hmm. of things or just go back to the sort of episodic nature of the original films where the films aren't really super related to each other and Mm. they're all just one off Mm. you know the one offs would be nice but we're seeing that other places with things like Ginsman or John Wick where the films are related but they're not like not like Craig's, of this is the whole overall story of one guy throughout his entire career. you mm-hmm. But on the other hand, doing that again and again with different actors—how many stories can you tell? You know, the episodic thing means you don't have to tie it to anything. Right. You could just have this one thing where Bond goes to the moon and fights people with lasers. Because God, Moonraker you know, reboot would you be so, so cool. <laughs> need to tie it in, you know, if, if they tried to do that with Craig in his next film, God. they'd have to bend over backwards. But you know. Watch the shit out of that. So
3: I just I, I don't know what I want them to do. What about a Bond TV show? No. Like almost like like an X Files type of thing. Like you're saying to have like a one off but then have a bigger arc. Is it too big for a TV show?
0: I I yeah, I mean that sounds Yeah, it
3: it would never I'm be making a
0: big judgment there, but I think it is. No, I I, I <sighs> Part of
1: Bond is what he dresses in, and there's no TV Budget that's going to support the, <laughs> the. But,
0: but really, but actually, you're right, and it's the trappings are point to things of like Game of Thrones as a contrary to that. Oh, well, you know, Game of Thrones did this movie quality. Firstly, that's HBO, not just regular TV. Right. Secondly, this is breaking records for money spent on a TV series. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. I mean, it's it's really they're spending more money on this than ever episode per episode right. Game of Thrones.
1: And this is like the Bond movie is always a spectacle, mm. and it's this international spectacle and he's always dressed to the nines and he's got the watch and he's got like it, it's mm-hmm. just so I, I just I feel like a TV I apparatus like the would... that
0: film brings us is right where we want to be too yeah because if it's shorter shallower we're we're headed into Kinsman's domain what isn't a bad I thing I could see Kingsman as a series for yeah. some right but not a bad thing in itself right. you know, I mean Kinsman's great but Bond needs a certain amount of depth of, of you know, detail. Mm-hmm, okay. But on the other hand, if we go too far, you know, if you made an eight-hour film or a one-season-long arc, mm-hmm. that would almost be too much. Yeah. It wouldn't get kind of muddled. Like, Bond needs to move at a certain pace, but not the breakneck pace of kinsmen. Right. And the film, the, the feature film length, just kind of, it feels comfortable in that. Maybe that's just because they've been doing that for decades, and mm-hmm. that's now synonymous with Bond. Right. See, I mean...
1: I'm thinking about the the Sherlock series, the BBC well, Sherlock. Yeah, that's what I thought of too. And that that I mean that would be more suitable, right? The, it's it's 3 hour and a half long episodes mm-hmm. that have this overarching narrative, right? But mm-hmm. it just it would also think about Sherlock is he doesn't have any tech. He's not well dressed, he's not affluent, he doesn't have all this money. He's not usually traveling outside of like Europe. Right. So I mean, they could do it storytelling wise in 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 that format where they have three feature length mm-hmm. episodes that have a. I, I just can't see it pulling off the spectacle and the 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 shininess right. of mm-hmm. it. It's interesting that we had such a visceral negative reaction to that idea. I, I didn't <laughs> know I had that strongly held belief until <laughs> just now. So thank you for tapping into that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry,
0: I, so I, I, oh. I, I, I guess I I just don't know. I, I guess I just have to say that I'll trust the people holding Bond to go somewhere interesting with it. <coughs> and it's funny because I can say that now with more confidence than I would have. Because, like I said, even though Casino Royale was disappointing at the time and has since settled into my middle zone, it's still decent. It's also so solid, you know, nice, good, solid film. Mm-hmm. And it brought me Skyfall and Spectre. Right. So I dare say that the film they bring out after Craig could be could be horrible, and I'll still be sitting here going, "Oh no, just wait, sequel, don't worry." <laughs> so you know I, they've, they've done well so far. Gotcha mm-hmm.
3: So you um, <laughs> I, was, I was just realized that you haven't answered yet.: <laughs> um,
1: So I think Specter is as close to a, an original recipe bond movie we've gotten out of the frag or Freg. Excuse me. The the Craig era of mm. films. Because we had a really solid so, uh cold open.
0: I might say Skyfall is our... I don't think oh, so. Do you, mean, do you mean original recipe like referring to the old ones? Yeah. Or do you mean original like its own? Cause no, I no, was no. Thinking no. Of I'm saying... Unique, and I was like, Spectre, that's the most no, no, no. references
1: of the world. That's one. what I'm saying. That <laughs> okay. is I, I'm original recipe in that we have Bond on a mission to start and we don't know where he's going All with right. it. It's we get the leather door...
0: It most fits the old bonds, yes. Mm-hmm. All and films. we have
1: a, a silent um, henchman figure, and we have a big bad, mm-hmm. and just kind of this international conspiracy. We get this spectacle to start that doesn't really have it much to do with anything else. Oh, it's man. the that
0: it, opening tracking shot. I love Mexico it. City. It's so good, it's beautiful,
1: and Batista is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like they had to do a lot of work to catch us all up on Spectre and Blofeld. Because they finally got the rights back for Spectre, because yeah. they didn't have that. That's why they called it Quantum, in, in the, the second film. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. so that they was, did a lot so of
0: actually. To come back to Tim's point, yeah. then, if they'd had those rights the whole time, Tim might have suffered even more from uh-huh. not having seen the old films. Yeah, they they because because thanks to the rights, they weren't allowed to make as much oh. much many direct connections right. as they wanted to. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Joel, no,
1: that's all right. Just so I feel like it, it, the the framework and like the, the skeleton of the movie is much more original recipe bond and getting into this we can get back to what bond was before we were revisiting how he became 007 and all that stuff so i think what i want since we were all caught up on will fell we know he's a thing we can be in a better position for this next film for it just to be original recipe bond He's out on a mission for the cold open. doesn't have anything to do with anything else. It resolves itself. We get a cool opening sequence. Mm-hmm. He's married. His wife gets shot. And then we...
0: Are and off. his final film is our our Blofeld resolution. Yes. Mm-hmm. So
1: it's like this next film would be on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And then we would get... The, the, diamonds, are the diamonds Are Forever. And, I mean, that would be cool. And then post that, I mean be exciting to have somebody else step into the role and they just continue rolling with continuity like it wouldn't be from the very beginning this is 007 for the first time. I kind of would like the idea of it not being
0: uh, actor by actor.
1: <laughs> well, I mean I would call I would call the next film so it would be Spectre and then two more and then this next film I would call 007 and cast a female actress and Ooh. rebrand that shit and then just like everybody else is the same M is the same Q is the same Penny is the same they still have the same playful uh, sexual is, tension between yeah. them and that would be great and then we get uh, one of like just a competent older British actress steps into the role of 007 and just that would be my what I would mm-hmm. like from the franchise because then we can move towards a okay 007 is a or James Bond is a codename and then anybody can be him. I see, know that's not a popular I opinion. Hate that theory, I know so, you do,
0: but
2: but like, you know, and, but
3: see, that's something that even I was aware of. That that concept, that fan theory. Right. Yeah, like maybe it's not the guy's name; it's whoever is 007. He mm-hmm. is James Bond. You know. Yeah.
0: I think, though, seriously, I think they're going to avoid answering that question for as long as possible. No, I, they, I mean they have 25 films worth yeah. it. they because they've answered it both ways right. many times. Yeah. You know, there's the thing where Lazenby says this never happened to the other fellow acknowledging right. that there was another yep. Bond before him. But and he was the last one. But then there's the this. thing where M, Judy Dench M, who's acknowledged as a new person, refers to Brosnan's former exploits, but they were not things that Brosnan did. They are things that other Bond's... Based. Right. So it, you know... It, mm-hmm. She calls
1: him a misogynist mm-hmm. relic of the Cold, of the Cold, War. Cold War. Great line. I mean, Great I just, casting. I, I
0: won't get into the theory you know, mud thing here, but right. I, I just, my point is they, they've... The reason the theory is still such a big argument is because no one can convince anyone else Right. because there's evidence in both directions. And I think they're going to specifically avoid that for a long time just because they don't want to draw any higher.
1: And I feel like if you call the film 007 and take the James Bond out of it, mm-hmm. it's just, okay, this is a, a, an agent designation and yeah. we could do that film. And they could reset if they don't like it, if yeah. there's that whole misogynist bullshit YouTube comment Ghostbusters reboot thing. Yeah. but like I would really like to see yeah. that aspect of it because yeah. it would do something interesting and new and we would get okay James Bond's arc was Craig's so we have that really like they really explored that storyline from start to finish and we can do something new mm-hmm. and if it does well then we can go off of that if it doesn't do well you can just reset with a different actor and mm-hmm. that that would be my what I would like to see next
0: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, should we shift to another film that I'm gonna yeah. talk well, actually, way too much I had about. a final
3: thought about yeah, that too because I feel like I almost wonder if that's part of what would help me appreciate it more. Because maybe if they're dealing with a female bond, part of what they could be dealing with is like some, you know, kind of work in a very feminist theme and sort of like that struggle, which is something very current but again, more universal. Like yeah. you don't have to understand British politics to understand that. <laughs> you know, it's just like, Oh yeah, I get that. Okay, moving on, you know. Mm-hmm. And it might be a way to kind of... Um, yeah, I mean, of course, yeah, it's going to be polarizing. There are going to be people who are going to hate it, like, it's James Bond, it's supposed to be a guy, and then people who are going to love it, you know, and yeah, it's I'd like... I'd love to
0: see a female Bond. Yeah. yeah
3: I think... I mean, we have a female doctor now, like, uh, mm-hmm. a female I Bond. And they f- could still call her Bond. Yeah. You know, like, you can even bring the band. last Jane. name, you yeah. know. Jane or, bond. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen women who, like, their name is Jamie, and they call Jamie. him James, you know, mm-hmm. like, so, I mean, you could still call her James Bond. <laughs>
0: if I could... I. Hollywood and, and gen- a lot of big media struggles with uh, I don't want to use this word but the perfect portrayal of the female character and perfect isn't the right word and mm. I I think it I mean, mean some of idea. it is that a you can't please everybody mm-hmm. you know it's always going to be someone who's mad but that it still struggles now with when you get female characters there's the writing is so completely focused on them being a female
3: that's <laughs> fair That yeah. it loses a lot right? part of the and tricks I think you need a female writer
0: Mm-hmm. and it's, so it's better than nothing but the step that comes after that is that they write the female character as if they were a male character That's yeah. which is the other not problem all is the way there yet either but right. it's another half step you know etc etc and I feel like we haven't seen that you know you need we haven't seen the, the end result there the final goal of right. you know proper characterization mm-hmm. in a lot of places yet right. and I think we we don't have The the, the industry doesn't have a firm enough handle on it yet for Bond to feel comfortable going there. I think they're more likely to misstep with a a half progress and get lots of people angry at them than they are to... See, the other thing, like,
1: the other argument is, well, why why can't we just have a female secret agent that's a badass? Why does it have to be tied to the Bond franchise Mm -hmm, for it to have any notoriety? Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's the thing. Did you guys see Atomic Blonde? Not yet. No. Well, you should, because yes. it's Charlize Theron, and she's basically James Bond, and mm-hmm. she beats the hell out of everybody and is a really good
2: spy that's character. a
0: great example of what I was saying about how you can't please everyone. Right. Because I've heard people say that that was just, oh, it was just a female actress, but they just treated her like Bond, like a male, which people have complained about. And then I've heard other people go, there was way too much focus on them being a woman. It should have just been a regular agent film that happened to have women I hear people say yeah. both ways which seems absurd What's, but okay. we do live in the age of the internet argument so yeah. it's not terribly absurd she, the age of no middle <laughs> I but I she's, like I said, she's I just a juggernaut it, so. in that
1: like, I, there's, there's no like, she gets the hell beat out of her mm-hmm. and just keeps coming back and that, that's I don't know I, 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 I was just really satisfying to watch any character but it's specifically that character
3: come back from just I don't know. Yeah. I
1: enjoyed that film quite a bit. I
3: would recommend it to most everybody. And, and I think that's the thing, too, is it's always going to seem shocking and polarizing because it hasn't been normalized yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there haven't been enough. I think the trick is to have varying portrayals of women in that type of role, whereas the first one you do, it's almost like, well, this is the only one we have, so it better be perfect. Right, that's the whole Wonder to, Woman yeah.
1: debate, right? Like, mm-hmm. it was like... We're we're hedging all our bets on this one f- right. female superhero movie that we've only done one of. Right, and if it's great, then it's okay. Like I mean, if, I,
3: yeah. If not, then no more female superheroes. Right, it's, you know?
1: which is bullshit. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense.
3: Which is another. There was the
0: the Ghostbusters reboot yeah. with all women. I there is. I enjoyed. I it. I think there is still on the way a an Ocean's Eleven reboot with a That's right, I Ocean's Ocho. That. Ocho. Is yeah, it? okay. it's the n- name. Is a name now. It's yeah, All right. and I again, I haven't seen the new Ghostbusters, and maybe we can be a little more clear with that. But I've heard, I've heard people say that you know there was too much of a big deal made about. Oh, hey, guess what? We're cast women now. Let's remind you every five minutes. But on the, on the other hand, some say the film just wasn't that great. So people say, oh, well, you know, the Oceans film will be awkward because this or because that or because Ghostbusters was. But on the other hand, the people who say Ghostbusters just wasn't great in general don't let that influence, you know, this this idea of making a female cast Oceans film. And so having it's it's hard to isolate because of what you said, Tim, it's not it's not very commonplace right now. Mm -hmm. It's difficult to isolate how much of some of this portrayal of female characters is bad portrayal of female characters, which happens a lot. And how much of it is that focus on female characters causing missteps in other places, and how much of that is just sometimes just bad productions. But because there are so few female focused things in general, yeah. you yeah. know, it gets generalized. It's just it's it's kind of So just I'm quickly double scene through yeah. a lot right now.
1: Quickly on the Ghostbusters things. I'm not very precious about the first one. Hmm. I haven't seen the second one. I do enjoy the first one, but it's kind of in a, hey, that's funny to my dad kind mm-hmm. of way. <laughs> like, well, no, it's it has its place and it's a specific era of filmmaking and it's from those guys from SNL. Like, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's very specific in its aesthetic and tone. So coming to the second one, I just enjoy all those actresses mm-hmm. and they fought ghosts and it was stylized and it was a fun spectacle. I wouldn't say it's great
0: or high art, by any See, that sounds like exactly what I want from Ocean's, uh, Ocho. Like right, and that's the other thing. That was the first films was just, hey, look, it's a bunch of actors I like in a fun movie. Right. Yeah. yeah. So my
1: whole thing when I heard about that it was like, okay, who's directing? Who's writing? Mm-hmm. It's the same guy who did the first three. I am on Great. board. It doesn't right. matter who he puts <laughs> in the, those right. roles. Right. That he's gonna recapture that tone, and that's why I like the Ocean's movies. Okay. Mm-hmm. He, he could do that with anybody. So I, I have complete confidence, and if, I mean, if you're listening to this and it's already come out and it's terrible, well, you can quote me. I thought it was <laughs> going to be good. <laughs> They've already got my money, okay? <laughs> yeah. So.
2: Yeah.
1: We did it, guys. We fixed it.
2: Yeah. We
0: fixed the what? industry. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. We fixed <laughs> right. And the world. Made acutely aware, once again, of our lack of women on our podcast. Yeah. but uh, we'll, Scott. <laughs> we'll our best here, just <laughs> on the outside looking in. Yeah, you know, I, uh, wait, yeah, we talked about this before. We fixed the world, right? We just, <laughs> now, now we fixed the movie industry, which apparently didn't get fixed last time.
1: Right, okay. we fixed the world, but not the industry, right? right. <laughs> okay, should we move on to uh,
3: to another film?
0: Yeah, so Godzilla next. I, it's up to you. What, why don't you decide? I,
3: yeah, let's, let's do it. We'll keep with the chronological <laughs> theme. Let's do Godzilla next, okay. okay. Joel, I watched Joel it re-watched again.
0: Godzilla recently. Yeah, this week. Oh man. <laughs> well, while Joel gathers, you know, his facial expression is one of bliss at the moment. While he comes back to Earth and gathers his thoughts, Tim, have you thought about Godzilla at all since we watched it? it? Um, Does it haunt you?
3: <laughs> no, <laughs> and you just sort of oh cool, and then we yeah. Or, I mean, no, I mean, I mean, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I didn't really think a lot about it. Um, the the one thought I had, sadly, was that like my favorite part was the scene that you showed me in the trailer. Where it's With when the, he the breath. It, yeah, yeah, the atomic See, I, breath like going through the fault, fire. But that's and, not like, in the trailer. That's not in any trailer oh, they ever released. Okay. That is my fault. Oh. So, so you I that. apologize. <laughs> yeah. I do. I'm sorry. I hate but, when that happens
0: and I'm sorry. Yeah.
3: No, but I mean it it was still like that scene that was just like, you know, some of the coolest shit I've seen, like, in, you know, most movies, not even just in a Godzilla movie, like that like I just remember being like, holy damn! Like that's that's intense, you know. And although I was I was glad because I think in the version you showed me, they didn't show him shooting it out of his back. Yeah, it was or, 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 cut or short on purpose. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so that was kind of neat him to see it. that standard Godzilla yeah. disclaimer. Yeah, what yeah. <laughs> <But laughs> is? I guess she does give birth the at the end, so yeah, My so absorbed. maybe it is female. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, so I just remember like that like how cool that was and how destructive that was and how uh the only time i had seen the atomic breath before was in the the brian cranston one and that one i thought was really cool just like the 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 brutality of it was just like blew that like other creatures
0: head off with i was like oh my god the light slowly creeps up the back yeah Cranston film
3: that was phenomenal so so that was really cool and i and i definitely like i you know this one like lived up to that you know like so I guess even if we're just looking at that little piece of the little that I know about Godzilla mm-hmm. films, there was definitely, you know, oh, how are they going to top that atomic breath? Like, oh, wow, okay, they did it, you know. and um, I also like how it seemed like she was, like, vomiting oil at first. It was almost like, oh, here, let me spread Smoking some oil and out, fire and then me. this is what's going to catch fire and spread the fire. And I thought that was really, really clever and neat. Um, but...
0: Tim, I think mm-hmm. if, if you have something pointy, we can jab Joel, and just words will come, poof,
3: just come out. <laughs> He's ready to burst. Yeah. yeah, he seems to be filling up and, and getting fuller. Mm-hmm. You call me fat. <laughs>
0: I mean, we just ate two pizzas. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. between us, we all feel fat at the moment. Yeah. Other people talk because. <laughs> that the Here? the
1: thing is, the Godzilla episode as the person who summarized it, I just gushed all over. In the editing process, it's like, oh, God, nobody's going to want to hear this. So, like, having said all there was to say about that movie and having seen it again since then, it's, it's amazing. It's the best monster movie I've ever seen in my life. And we'll hold that title for a while, I believe. I don't even, like, as hyped as I am for Godzilla King of Monsters, which will be the American release of the the sequel to the Cranston Godzilla. as and
0: sequel to Kong Skull Island. Yeah. I don't
1: know if franchise. Kong will show up in that one.
0: Oh, sure. I just, you know, shared universe and all.
1: But they are working up to Godzilla versus King Kong. I am hyped by those, and I was really encouraged by seeing Skull Island. Mm-hmm. I loved that movie. But I, I cannot see it being more exciting than this one was for me. Well, I,
0: Japan definitely. They know the world their character, that man. This is their character. Yeah, and I, you know, with that big break, they've showed that they can. Which isn't to say they didn't show this before, but that with my limited experience with Japanese cinema cinema, you know, it, that the the anime craze of the '90s, which has been holding pretty strong, especially it's growing in the states, if mm-hmm. anything, they showed that that's not all they can do. Right. That the live action, you know, Kurosawa is not forgotten. No kidding. And yet, also that the newer talents are are not overlooked mm-hmm. either um, there's a, a wonderfully healthy respect there for what has come before and for what and for the new yeah. for the old and the new and uh, oh man it was so good yeah
1: but did, did you have any final Godzilla thoughts
0: no I, I, I know I'm the one who picked it
1: just thank you for bringing it into my life <laughs> I <laughs> guess that would be
0: my uh... but I uh, don't I am actually really happy with that episode that, yeah. that recorded podcast episode, which just—I think we said all almost everything I wanted to say. I, I just—I love it. We talked about all the different facets and features. We talked about how even the stuff that doesn't seem intuitive at first is revealed to have a reason later, and it's it's remarkable how well it treads across touchy topics. Like the environment and nuclear technology and weapons and international politics, yeah, and comes out without really offending anybody. I mean, I I'm i American, I don't offending. feel offended by yeah. anything that happens in there, and we're, well, yeah, there we're no certainly l- the most prominently featured foreign nation, you know? yeah. Um, and it comes out with a wonderful, heartwarming message about humanity and our future. Yeah. It's just, we're good sci-fi has that ability to touch on the real world and the now while using the distance of sci-fi mm-hmm. to you know not be so heavy handed and it just it did it impeccably mm-hmm.
1: so to steal your thing Tim from mm-hmm. the previous discussion like where, where this, yes. what would we like to what see from Godzilla see? in right. the future I,
0: yeah. so I have I want to turn that into two questions for you particularly Jen. okay <laughs> partly just with this Godzilla what do we want to see more of but also what are your thoughts if, if you wanted to see more Godzilla period Mm-hmm. Not necessarily new films, but in general, yeah. what are you thinking there? Would you be up for that? Would you want a starting point? Would you want us to not be in the room with you so we wouldn't talk your ears off? You know, what I
2: mean, <laughs> um, yeah, have to on, sit on the couch yeah.
1: next to me, becoming more and more just <laughs>
3: haggard shell of a man because <laughs> all the joys is, is just Exploding. brimming out of me. No, that was. I think that actually made it more enjoyable for me. Like, yeah, kind of that that shared experience, um, which is one of the points of doing this in, in the first place. Um, w- one thing that occurred to me. And this kind of answers the question in a roundabout way, and I'll I'll kind of focus a little more. Mm-hmm. But um, when you talk about it kind of dealing with current events and things, I think something clicked with me, which I don't know why it was more obvious. Like why that like the bond stuff doesn't work for me, and I, I think I've mentioned this before is that when when a movie or a book or anything any fiction is more fantastical, it re- leaves room for more metaphor maybe that's my problem mm-hmm. with Bond is it's too down to earth too grounded. within, yeah, it's too grounded within things that are actually happening. And it's like, if you don't understand the actual thing they're talking about, you're lost. Like, there's no room to say, well, let me make up some other connection with that. This Whereas is something with, like this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Godzilla, like, there's room for that because it's it's a big fucking monster. So it's like, that could be anything. That could be any threat to the planet that you can kind of write into that and read into it and create all these different subplots in your own mind Mm -hmm. um so in in that sense i think you know godzilla was was more enjoyable because yeah and and like you said you didn't have to deal with you know well what country are we calling the good guy what country are we calling the bad guy this it's it's just it's us against godzilla you know like we're united as a planet um so as far as like what i would like to see next um well i mean are we are, are, are you so wait in general or from this because now there are the two franchises there's you know this Shin Godzilla from Japan and then there's I would say from both or just in general um yeah definitely I definitely love the idea that in the American one yeah they're building this bigger universe to kind of of bring yeah Yeah. like all (laughs) these monsters in um I yeah I love that idea um and I also like too that they well I don't know if they yeah they if they've explained Godzilla's origins enough to be like well is it an alien is it really old thing that was originally here is it like See, a dynasty you know. I don't remember from 14 right it yeah it just doesn't like um,
1: having fallen the asleep during the
0: in that monarch is sort of making an educated guess is that Godzilla's been here for a while mm-hmm. because there was this apex predator the king that just killed everything mm-hmm. but that it's just sort of gone away and laying dormant because there's nothing left to concern it mm-hmm. and the mutos that show up and start ravaging humanity Pin Godzilla's radar of like, ah there's something for me to eat up here or kill mm-hmm, or whatever right. it is, so it sort of comes back of oh hello, we get this glimpse at the the past. And volcano. you get the sense
1: from Skull Island that he that's kind of his genesis too, is this mm-hmm. kind of protected from time, this, this area where mm-hmm. there's vents from the center of the earth where oh, okay. these giant life forms were able to still survive.
3: So so that's one thing that I really like is that it, it seems that, you know, they're not aliens. You right. know, they're not this outside threat. It's it's this idea of, like, you know, we, we humans who are so arrogant to think we know everything there is to know. We got it all figured out. And it's like, hey, did you know there was this giant fucking monster living here this whole time? And it was this island over here with this other giant fucking monster the whole time? Like, yeah. so I, I like the idea of playing with that, of, um, you know, maybe at some point like exploring like yeah where it is godzilla's hibernating this whole time or you know like building more of that but i think i think i'd be disappointed if we brought in aliens unless it gets to a climax where we introduce all these other new monsters that have all been living on earth and then all of a sudden aliens come and these monsters are like oh no fuck you this is my planet and then it's like our monsters versus their monsters i think that would be really cool um, in the long run, I don't know if that's something they're planning on building too, but I would I would definitely like to exhaust the possibility of of the monsters that are actually living on Earth before just being like, yeah, let's throw aliens into the mix, you know? Because I feel like it's 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 easy, um, but I feel like it's it, it would be more creative to try to find ways to explain how there have been monsters here that we haven't known about, you know, like like one that you know I I, I know Godzilla kind of comes out of the water. Um, but maybe there's like, um, you know, an actual like water. Cre- although then again, like, how would it fight if it has to stay in the water? <laughs> I don't know. But um. But anyway. We're describing Ebra of the Pacific Deep. Rim. Oh, okay. Pacific Rim. Oh, okay. So, it, so something like that. Yes, yeah, so I think I think <laughs> that would be really. I cool. saw your eyes bug out when you were like, "Hey, <laughs>
1: this is something in anime that we oh, can show that Tim." That was what I was yeah. thinking. Oh no. But, but yeah. Yeah. The, but what you're describing about, is um, even at,
0: even like. King I can't say Rodan it. something whatever aliens send monsters to fight Godzilla King right King Ghidorah thank you and then in the older franchises aliens sending their monsters to fight our monsters happens oh nice <laughs> so yeah. maybe we are going we're, there again we're Well, very intuitive <laughs> you hit the nail on the oh cool um, um also because I, I, I the Evangelion thing was a reference to the we are two episodes away from an
3: underwater monster ah, i see oh okay sorry anyway mm-hmm.
0: no that's fine uh, please Tim. Please.
3: um but uh, And I remember, like, I, I think I heard it from one of you, the idea that in some of the Godzilla films, like, Godzilla's the bad guy. In some of the films, Godzilla's the good guy and yeah. he's fighting this other. Defender so, of the Earth. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I like that idea that, you know, maybe there are all these monsters who, yeah, who will fight each other more because of that whole, yeah, like, oh, I'm not the apex predator anymore. Right. I have to, like, defend. It's territorial then, thing. But then, like, hey, well, the Earth is big enough for us so they don't have to, like, murder each other until there's only one left. And that kind of could leave room for, okay, now we have, have like, an Avengers team of monsters, you know? Like, (laughs) um, so that's what I would kind of like to see from the American one. Uh, The Japanese one... Uh I would I would uh, like to see. <laughs> just, let's, uh, and then the whole thing's a matrix, and they're actually playing this. <laughs> That's my secret. Okay. And there's I'm always hungry. I'm always hungry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, always hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always Godzilla. What?
1: <laughs>
0: um, I'm always mega. <laughs> um.
2: <laughs> um.
1: Um, Did you say King Rodan? That makes me really I, happy. What no, I was want... going to
0: say was the, the King Ghidorah It was list off a bunch of the monsters. And yeah. Sort of the sentence fell apart into gotcha. okay. half of the name <laughs> and one other name. That and... just makes me
1: really happy to think of Rodan with a crown. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: so so sorry, for the uh, Japanese. Japanese. So yeah, so then, Godzilla.
3: you know, to kind of continue with that whole, like, oh, Godzilla was about to give birth at the very end before we froze it, you know. Um, so I think that would be kind of neat to have. Instead of the threat of Godzilla being this one giant Godzilla, to have a bunch of, I mean, I say tiny, but that's relative, have a bunch of smaller Godzillas that you have to fight. You <laughs> You're know.
1: describing Godzilla 98 now. <laughs> Is that what it was? That the,
3: he gives it's, birth, it's so and they ago. fight a
1: whole bunch of baby Godzillas in Madison Square Garden. Oh, I guess I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) So basically what you want from the franchise is updated versions of all the things
0: that have happened in the past. I guess. Which which speaks to the quality of the past franchise, though. At least of its ideas. Or it's just inexhaustible (laughs)
1: material. So just little Godzillas. Yeah, I think that you know
3: it'd it'd be, I say twist, but yeah, if it's been done before, it's not really a twist then, it's a return. But um, yeah, like... Although I feel like it could very quickly become like, oh, it's a, a parallel to like zombie horror, you know, where these, oh, we've got this mass of these things coming at us that we've got to fight and they're right. endless and kind of mindless and just, you know. Um, I kind of like the idea of that where like they develop in different regions mm. because they're
1: infinitely adaptable to their environment, right? So if one's underground. It'd then- be like
3: Gremlins too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Shin Godzilla 2 written by the director and writer for 2
3: don't bomb it past
0: midnight
1: (laughs) we don't have enough coagulant
3: for this we're going to need a bigger coagulant truck but but anyway yeah those are those are my thoughts from from a casual enjoyer of the (laughs) the films
0: (laughs) I like everything you said about the American franchise and where it should go I just, that's what I yeah. Especially the Avengers <laughs> um, which it seems to be where it's going. a, a monsters, you know. But but uh, that's that's what I want. I think I think Kong will build the hammer. He's got the yes. upper, upper body strength for it. Yes. Um, I just I think that's where it's going. They're building a stable of monsters, and it's going to be a lot of fun, just like the other films have been. Mm-hmm. I think your idea, Joel, about other Godzillas for Shin Godzilla, other adapted creatures, isn't is is good. Isn't isn't a bad one. Yeah. Mm. it it would almost leave me feeling a little disappointed because I feel like if one of those properly done wouldn't tie itself very directly to Shen Godzilla Shin Godzilla would get talked about it wouldn't get referenced but it would just be its own thing right. you we know, wouldn't have the same character that carry right. over yeah, you know, episodic Godzilla movies in the same way that the Bond the older Bond yeah. films were which would be great that'd be fine but I almost feel like that would that would feel a little bit like oh I, this is good but it could have been could have been I don't even know what it could have been I just feel like I almost want our next Shin Godzilla film not to have a monster in it
1: you want to focus on how Tokyo adapts and
0: the world that's fair because this causes a lot of now the crisis is over now is when the fighting begins Mm. and I think that would be really great
1: just how they reshape Mm -hmm. how they think about conflict and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. it's interesting
0: but I don't have any more specific details than that I'm afraid okay
1: my advice to the American franchise is show me the goddamn monster this is why I didn't like 14 is that I spend so much time looking at generic bomb technician number one who's not Dan- uh Brian Cranston <laughs> and then these muto monsters are just kind of generic looking and not not I don't know I saw that the one that had wings, and I was like, oh, Rodan, Rodan, rep. It's not Rodan; it's a Muto thing. Yeah. yeah. And then, don't show me the coolest shots in the trailer. hashtag The skydiving sky mm-hmm. that was really cool and really cinematic, and it was great in IMAX. But I had seen it six months before. Right.
0: See, they committed the sin that Tim thought should Godzilla. Did. Yeah. But yeah. that was my fault with yeah. Shin <laughs> Godzilla, was not was the yours? studio's fault. This <laughs> was this one was the studio's fault. Yeah. yeah. yeah so I
1: cool. I feel like. Give me what you gave me in Kong Skull Island, which they they focused on the freaking monkey, and he was badass and he blew some shit up. Like, mm-hmm. Cue I all do the
0: hate mail about Kong not being a monkey. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. I- He's an ape. <laughs> That's fair. Before everyone can open up the emails we- and angrily mash <gasps> we are also. <laughs> I'm gonna have. To, if, I, if I shouldn't we're mean have to ourselves. It. You can't be mean to us. <laughs> <laughs> we beat you to it.
1: <laughs> see now I can't recommend my Planet of the Apes film ever on this uh, podcast because I've totally ruined my monkey and ape credibility uh, I've, I've
0: failed you yeah. all I'm sorry that's okay we can just verbally disparage ourselves a bit more and that'll earn us another I, I would hope you know, so it's, it's like if like I, <laughs> <laughs> I talk
1: shit about me he won't have anything to say exactly. god I love 8 Mile <laughs> 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 no just like I think they're moving in the right direction. More monsters, more focus on the monsters. I don't care about the human element if it's not Japan. Mm. That's that's well, kind of I what I found. It.
0: Our our problem was they tried to split the difference with the first God, with the fourteen Godzilla, because in Con they just went with all monster, and in Japan and it was, very, it was very, mostly human focused. Yeah, but you know, fourteen Godzilla wanted to have the best of both worlds. I think it did it quite well considering. I've Guess seen it, it once. could have benefited I'd from... might need to see it again to give it its fair shake. A little shake. more distinction. I don't know. But yeah, some more monsters for our yeah. franchises.
1: And don't show me the most epic fight on a flat screen TV in a shot that somebody's watching across the room. Yeah. Because there's... They fight in oh. Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And I really was like, oh, cool. We're going to get to see this. like We've never seen them fight in Hawaii. like This level of destruction with these... Uh, islands, islands yeah. like this, this geography, and then I get to see it in a shot where that's they're right. watching the yeah. news and there's no sound, and it, it just it totally wasted that for mm-hmm. me. So show me more monsters, which I think they're going to do, and they're, they've teased Rodan, and they've teased Ghidorah, and they've teased Mothra. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm I'm confident that that's the direction that they're going. Um, if I could ask anything of a sequel to Shin Godzilla it would just be more of the same like I would not abandon I that movie's
2: perfect I, I, <laughs> I, I
0: it you know it almost feels uncomfortable to say that I, I agree that movie's perfect but it it almost feels uncomfortable because it's it was you know praised largely by almost every critical source yeah. foreign and domestic and it feels too good to be true but I just I sit here and I keep thinking about it and I keep putting it in when I just want something to watch that I know well I
1: can't I I cannot yeah. find something that's lacking in it and I I, I I like the ambiguity of the ending the terror mm-hmm. of those things coming out of its tail mm-hmm. I mean it, anything that comes after that in the same universe is going to have a really hard Road to go for me as a viewer, like it, it, it. If it's the same director, I, I, I don't know. Like I would be excited to see. Okay, these are the spawn of Godzilla, and they're all over the place, and they're developing different. And oh shit, they're here, and it's gonna be bad. Like, and it would be really cool to see their version of a Ghidorah or a Gigan or a. Um, uh, um,
0: Rodan. Rodan
1: or well because they talk about it It could sprout wings and fly it could be in the water like just Mm -hmm.
0: any of those that it was constantly evolving yeah
1: and to see that on two different levels from two different baselines and how they would morph
0: would be incredible Mm -hmm. and that even to see them evolve to, to cope with each other yeah
1: you know this is, okay, i have going to develop this kind of projectile or this barb thing or venom or something mm-hmm. to try and... That's awesome. And it, it they've kind of built in this... Because that was the thing with the old films is that there would be uh, an initial attack and then a retreat and then they would garner their forces and then another one. So they built that into the biology of Godzilla is that he needs to cool down. Mm-hmm. He's returned to uh, regroup and evolve so it's it's really well designed at least uh, plot wise is that it gives these like breathing spaces for both the monsters and humanity to try and cope okay what do we do now because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if coagulant's gonna work again
0: yeah, right like next time
1: What what are they, what's right. the next and how do they deter the American influences that's gonna bomb it I would really like it. okay this is this would be interesting is the the Toho Studios version of Godzilla landing in New York, because they they mentioned that the, this is how we would react if it landed in New York. Is,
0: we assure you, we'd be doing the same thing even if it was New York. Bullshit! It is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and that would be a great like counterpoint. And then Japan sure, is the do. influence. like this is what we tried. Yeah, how can we help? And it It'd would be just
3: like, fuck you. We're America. We're gonna do what we do, and just. <laughs>
1: That would be a really that would be a way to disarm the nuclear option because it's now on American soil, and it changes <laughs> how they feel because they bombed the shit out of Japan already. Like it, it, it they we <laughs> right. just it, it would change that dynamic. It'd be a really interesting addition to that world for it to be a global. It, it also would lose the the specific Japanese quality of mm-hmm. the f- the first one, which enriched it. So
0: I feel like if they wanted to, they could do that pretty well. Though they could set the next one in another country or multiple countries, and in the same way, this one had a was grounded in, in a, you know Godzilla being a Japanese yeah produ- Japanese creation. The others would be grounded in something had Godzilla having become a global character yeah. in the way that changes things and whatnot I bet you they could do that they could film. do
1: Australia they
0: could do that well Australia
1: yeah I think that would give it it, it would be the novelty of monster movies set in Australia mm-hmm. right, right. And it'd be closer so they could work in tangent with Japanese mm-hmm. forces and they could have that also cuts out like travel time between the two and that kind of thing and I, I mean it's different terrain so it would be a really interesting kind of, like outback, I, monster. I think,
0: I think our only problem there is that eventually all of Australia's vicious creatures would just kill Godzilla. <laughs> well, that's the <laughs> thing; the spiders we, we wouldn't alone. be able to <laughs> evolve fast enough. Well, it?
1: But that would be nah, the thing. Like idea. a Godzilla evolving in the harsh outback environment would be freaking terrifying.
3: Oh god! Can you imagine a, a Godzilla with spider legs? Oh, oh, what the fuck! <laughs> <laughs>
1: but it still has that tail.
0: <laughs> uh, let's talk about pie. I know that's abrupt. I'm sorry. I see Joel smoking. I think he has more on his mind. No, that that's fair. But that's um, let's, let's talk about tax movies. <laughs> and especially let's talk about I I've lost the phrase I was looking for now, but um pi feels like a very open movie because we go so many places in the city and we see so many so much on the periphery because they had to film it you know basically in public Mm -hmm. right a lot of more major productions lose out on that feeling of being in a broader world you know that even if there is a broader world it's not important What's important is what we're seeing but pi didn't have that problem because the broader world kept intruding People or trains, or even just like when he runs into the, the, the Jewish mathematician in the diner. Oh yeah, it felt very much like this was just this diner he went to, and this person just suddenly in the film. You know, and a lot of bigger productions don't have that because they have more controlled environments. Sort of as a byproduct of the production, hmm. but then sometimes that's intentional. Which. Aronofsky just did a film called Mother, Mm. which Tim I'm dying to talk about, but I will not. um, (laughs) I I would would say talk about it if you like, but try not to spoil anything since it's brand new. I know this is isn't coming out for a few months, right? Even though we're recording it now, but you know, better
3: safe than sorry, right? Right, yeah. Um, And we're not. We didn't put a a spoiler warning about Mother, like we did with Pi. You mm -hmm. know, saying like, "Hey, watch this film," because obviously we're going to talk about it.
0: But you got me thinking about horror films and about the way they do that with purpose, the way Mm -hmm. they isolate their characters mm-hmm. with purpose whether it's alien where you're on a spaceship paranormal activity where you're just in the house right. and no one else ever really comes in or believes you or what have you or something like uh, Good Night, mommy or I, I think mother from what I got of the trailers and just being in an isolated location or what have you that Pi the isolation was all in the character's head it felt sort of inherently connected to the outside world And like I said, in a way that many big productions don't manage. But it felt... It felt almost purposeful, you know, in the way that it feels that way in horror films. Mm -hmm. Where horror films strictly control access to the outside world. So so did Pi. They, They wanted that sort of, you know, blurred lines blending of he's here and he's attached and you can see what's going on, but he's not really a part of it. It just sort of added to the whole wandering feeling that he had in the physical world that he was existing on this problem and working on it in his mind thinking about everything and that when he was outside it was he was drifting through the sea of civilization
1: mm-hmm. I, it's odd to me that you use the word open because i think about pie as a claustrophobic film and mm-hmm. i don't know if that's just my in how I think about the character, his life is claustrophobic.
0: No, I, I, you're right. And I, I, I've communicated poorly. You tell me I've communicated poorly because it is. The character is very isolated. Mm-hmm. But my point sort of being that despite the character being isolated, while we were watching it, I felt like we were in the world. And the world was oh, there. Okay. And it was attached. And I see. There was this sort of oh yeah, here we are in New York. and, and it's the, the character was isolated, for sure. He's drifting through gotcha. the sea and not really connecting with the people in the background okay. but like they were there which so many other films just don't bother with okay you know
1: it kind of has that voyeuristic quality that we're we're getting a glimpse at him as observers observers in this world mm-hmm. right That that's the that's the point of view that we're meant to take is that we're precisely okay that's 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 very different from how I was thinking you were framing well, it thank you for yeah for no I yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because I, I think I had talked this about this earlier, that his obsession with his work and his kind of like cyclical research seems to be interrupted by humanity, mm-hmm. and that's just kind of how like life Humanities is. He's everywhere. Yeah. he's in New York City, right? I mean, he's yeah,
0: he, he's in, in the thick of it, and it's just. It's it's, because we'll have films like John Wick, which also takes place a good chunk of it in New York. But if someone's not talking to him in the scene, they might as well not exist. That's fair.
1: Okay, um, uh, yeah. Which isn't... Okay. I'm not trying to attack John no, Wick no, here. No, 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 okay. That's
0: the nature of the film, and it works perfectly for John Wick. I that, love John Wick. That, okay. But a lot of films do that. Some of them, it's a purposeful decision, and it works well. Some of them, it just, it just happens because that's just the way you make movies. And right. Everything is controlled. But Pi did not have that. It had this unique sense of connection or of openness mm. to the outside world even though the character was very much alone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: John Wick has a good, like, comparison mm. to make.
3: Thank you. Mm. No, no, that, that, that frames mm. it really
1: well. That's
3: interesting. Yeah. I think it was done very organic with that. I think that's part of the 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 difference. Yeah, like, you... Yeah, watching something like John Wick, you know you're watching a movie. Watching Pyre, like, is is this just some dude? And Right. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, the, like you said, the voyeuristic part of, like, looking in on a real person's life, you know? Yeah. Um... And one of, the th- one of the comparisons I'll make, which doesn't spoil anything about the, the film itself, is I think a big part of that I realized that Pi and Mother are the only two that I know of where he uses almost exclusively like these extreme close ups on the person's face. Most of the time, just looking at their face, even as they're moving, you're catching all the stuff going by around them, behind them, or, um, or you're kind of looking from like their point of view. Um, but there are very few shots that's just kind of like, oh yeah, here's everything going on around you. It's mm-hmm. usually like very personal, very right, like almost like you're talking to that person. You're, you know, a few feet away from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking, trying to think through a lot of his others, and they, he doesn't really do that. I mean, he may do that occasionally, but it's like almost exclusively in Pi and in *Mother*. Uh, yeah, and there was even an article with Aronofsky where he says he there are three shots that like or three camera angles he'll use in Mother. One where you're looking at her face, one looking over her shoulder, and one from her point of view. Mm. And, like, that's pretty much it through the whole thing. Wow. So you get, it is this very personal kind of, you know, you're either talking to her or you're seeing what she sees kind of thing. Um, and it was like that a lot in Pi, most of mm-hmm. it, like right in his face. Or looming behind her. Yeah.
0: Which is a different different sense of limited perspective than you got in something like Paranormal Activity Mm -hmm. which also is, I mean it's all done with it's one of those found footage type deals so it's legitimately voyeuristic Mm -hmm. but because it's only ever in these people's homes and wherever they take the camera like they're in the middle of a suburb uh, full of people and houses everywhere and they must have lives that take up their daytime hours but I, no, I nope, your world is this house and the haunting going on inside of it Mm. or then in Alien you see you're off with all the different cast members at different parts of the film you're not limited to one person or one person's thoughts but you're in this ship (laughs) the ship is cramped Mm. no one can hear you scream they all they all achieve a narrowed focus in different ways god I
1: forgot I could watch Alien during
0: October (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, I,
1: well, this is gonna be, date the podcast because yeah. we're recording in October. This won't go out. I think out by for now
0: they'll know we record way ahead right. of time. Yeah. But
1: just talking about unconventional horror movies because I don't like typical horror movies. So to get to watch something like Pi, which is psychologically thrilling, mm-hmm. it, it it's not scary in the same way that like a jump scare right. design movie would it's be.
0: Just tense. There's yeah. Just this sense of urgent. Ratcheting up constantly, yeah. something's gonna break. You know, and Alien's really cool, <laughs> which which Alien did as well. That that sense of things just very slowly stepping up tension, 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 where something's gotta break. but Alien, it's something about this creature. Yeah. Pie, it's something about this creature, the problem that he's trying to yeah. solve, the <laughs> mm-hmm. living thing that's eating him alive from the inside out.
1: I was gonna ask. Did we talk about the budget for Pie? I don't think so, because it, it doesn't seem like a huge production, right? Right, and I think that I mean usually with a directorial ad or debut, it's it's usually pretty constrained, and I I mm-hmm. often think that helps a film rather than hinders it. Uh, oh, okay. Wikipedia
0: says sixty eight thousand.
1: Wow, really?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well. Well done. I mean that, wow. And he pioneered that camera angle where he has the harness on mm-hmm. the the main protagonist, and it's right in front of him as they're running through. That's yeah. So that that's born out of like necessity. It's right. like how can we make this sixty eight thousand dollar production
3: look wow? Yeah. Well done. And like I remember watching in some of the special features too, like when. They're putting his apartment together, you know. They're they're just kind of going through these dumpsters of old computers and just taking parts. parts and putting them together to make it look like something that someone put together. you know put together on their own. And um, and then even like that scene where like the door is shaking and eventually it blasts open, like you know they've got this old door and these like locks and they're like hot gluing the locks on so that they'll break off you know so it's not actually screwed into the wood and the wood is breaking so they like did that legit and they had a huge spotlight they set up behind it so that it would wash out and be all white but like that was all you know i mean we could we could do that here if we Mm -hmm. wanted to you know get a big ass light glue some extra locks on and then rattle the door and kick it open you know and like that that was it that was what they did there were no you know cg effects there was nothing you know big budget and yeah, I, I think it helped too because of. It, it looks like it was supposed to be in, wasn't it like the '80s ish somewhere around there? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yeah, like, I mean, then again, something like Stranger Things pulls it off where they have uh, the technology for a, using a big budget to make something look, look very old. Indeed, 1998
0: was when it was made, right? Right.
3: But, but I mean, the technology seems really old. I mean, then again, I'm just maybe I'm forgetting how old technology was in 1998.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't say in the Wikipedia synopsis. There could have been something in the film somewhere that yeah. said the date. I don't know. I... And we forget too how quickly th- technology changed in the mm-hmm. 2000s. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cell phones became more commonplace. Mm-hmm. Internet went from dial-up to fancy. <laughs> yeah, whole.
3: But I mean, like, I don't think he ever mentions the internet. No, no. And I feel like, no, every, yeah, he there's yeah. a lot with like, I mean he could just not have it but i feel like he wouldn't if it existed you know and there's a lot with like newspapers and you know it seems to be this very older more tactile yeah. type of thing as opposed to um you know because i've been thinking back to like 98 like the computer i had in 1998 like still looked better than the type the parts of his computer, right. you know yeah um like, it, it reminded me more of the computers I used like when I was in elementary school, like mm-hmm. that type of thing. Like, those old ass apples, you know, like with the big clunky keyboards right. and that type of thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, have any of these films, uh, you know, Pi or, or Shin Godzilla or Magic Secret Service, inspired you to seek out other films or other genres or inspired you to branch out in some way? My rather disappointing answer is yes and no. (laughs) I mean, okay, I mean, I'm already familiar with Bond, yeah, and I've been loving that. So, my answer here is pie. And on the one hand, yes, I want to look at some more Aronofsky films and a few more, much like Joannes Cotzi did. I want to look at Mm -hmm. some of these more artsy films, right? It has boosted my interest in them, but I don't know if it's done it enough. Sort of like move any of them up in my list of priorities, right? Past the many, many other things that I yeah, want to see. Explore. And I, <laughs> ha- I have that same yeah. thought:
1: is that the, I- I'm fascinated by it, and I want more of it in my brain, right? I want more of that to call on it yeah. to like reference to, but like when I'm sitting to watch something, those aren't the films that are jumping up. Right. as, okay, I, I need to be engaged for this, mm-hmm. you know uh, but that's bullshit because I watched Godzilla again and then 16 <laughs> Bond films, like there, there's I, I I should be, should be.
2: I'm just fear. watching what I want but I,
3: I like well, I feel that way about anime, so I kind of get what you're saying like, I like the idea of getting into anime watching more anime, but it's so daunting you right. know Um, and not to try to like, you know, sort of push my end of things, but um, you know even though you know I do ki- I kind of choose to view Aronofsky's stuff as like not not a series but at least kind of connected like his set mm-hmm. of films you know they're they're not linear so you don't have to watch them in order you can pick and choose you know um, whereas like yeah I feel like if I was going to watch more Bond films I'd have to go back to the beginning and watch all of them in order like that you know similarly with Godzilla you know I can't just be like oh okay well I'll, I'll casually pick and choose a few Godzilla films here and there yeah. you know or like how we've talked about you know like uh, Fast and the Furious you know I didn't like the first one but you've told me some of the later ones are good right. so part see, of me wants I to do that but it's like no I'd have to watch sure. them from the beginning and watch all of them
0: You know, right. like, I will say that isn't true of the older Bonds necessarily mm-hmm. but I'm saying no, for I'm, me oh sure the right. way I work it's a completionist <laughs> yeah. thing that
1: yeah. I have too mm-hmm. see and that's the thing like I've I've actually talked to another buddy of mine Keith that I, I want to watch Pi with him because mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to have his opinion that's the other thing is that I feel like with Queen and Pi that the communal experience of watching it mm-hmm. makes it less daunting but also gives me kind of the cushion of having somebody to talk to about with it or with about it after the mm-hmm. fact yeah and that that's more difficult to get organized than just me sitting down in front of my right. TV and watching it you yeah. know I, I feel like with Pi particularly it's made me want to watch Pi again right. not necessarily go out for because I feel like I still haven't processed that yeah. one like to move on or like to evolve mm-hmm. to the next stage in Aronofsky's career I feel right. like I have to <laughs> see that one again mm-hmm. so I'm I'm prepared for the next one because The Fountain is the next one you recommended seeing right?
3: Um, well, cause I think you've already seen Requiem right? No, oh, I haven't. okay. because so that's who, that was his next film. Okay, Requiem um, was second. Yeah, oh. which which is bringing me maybe what we should do is we should all if someone were interested in whatever film we each picked, what we would suggest other than doing like I would do and watch it from the beginning and watch all of them, mm-hmm. you know. So like yeah, if if someone says I want to watch more Bond films but I'm not sold on the franchise, what should I watch? You know, if I want to watch more Godzilla but I'm not sold on the whole franchise, what should I watch? What are like you know a few that you would say. These are like, uh, you know. I like that a lot. So, that should be a segment. So let's, I mean, we could do it right now. Okay. <laughs> do you want to spin back around to you and go in order or well, let No, let's okay. go with pies since that's what we're talking about. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so I'll quickly run through the films and kind of throw out some things because I feel like it would vary person to person. Um, there, there are certain aspects where I'm like, oh, well, this one isn't necessarily better than this one, but I enjoy it more. Um, like probably a perfect example is like Black Swan. Um, you know, if you happen to be really into ballet and that world kind of connects with you, like that's probably going to be your favorite one because you're going to like, uh, relate to it so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I enjoyed that one, but I, I feel like I every now and then forget that he did it because it's not really, uh, it doesn't really stand out. Um,
0: I actually just thought that the moment you said it and like, yeah. wait, that was an Aronofsky film? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Um, oh, another point I want to bring up before I forget is I remember originally when we were talking, we were kind of I was going through saying, oh, that's right, you know, this, you know, Noah is based on a graphic novel and Fountain is based on a graphic novel, and i had forget to mention that Requiem for a Dream is based on a novel that someone else that's wrote. Right. So, okay. so that was another one where he he didn't write the story, but I think he might have done the screenplay. Gotcha. Um, so he's adapting it. Yeah, and I, I forget what the deal is with Black Swan. If that was like a pre-existing, I mean, obviously it's based on. the the ballet but like as far as the script itself like if that was his original idea or if it was adapted from something um so requiem is is amazing and it's but it's it's hard (laughs) i recommended it to my friend one time and what i told him was like you know you should watch requiem for dreams it's an amazing film but don't watch it if you're depressed and don't Don't watch watch it it if you're you're happy happy. (laughs) you know because either way like it will just sink you to to the bottom which is which is the point you know um, but it's 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 just so well done, and um and it's interesting to see that progression from okay here's this thing about this one guy, and then it, it it grows a little bit to sort of this you know okay now it's these four people and they all know each other they're all kind of very closely intertwined with each other, um, but you you get that sense of, you know like like Scott that you were talking about in Pi, that you, you're aware that they're in this bigger city and you're constantly seeing all the other stuff around them kind of bleeding into it. Um so so that one's definitely good, but it's super I mean, I feel like all his films are probably heavy, so maybe that's not a good sort of warning to give it's <laughs> not really relevant um I uh, I think his next one was, and I forget where the wrestler comes in because I think he only produced that one, I so I, I've never seen too. it. I've never seen it and I, I don't think yeah, I don't think it's one that he actually like directed and kind of owns. I think he produced it or something. Uh, I could be wrong though. Um, but the, the next one that I after Pi that I really like, loved, loved was the fountain. Um, again, <laughs> don't watch it if you're sad. Don't watch it if you're happy. It's, it's, it's really it's really dark, it's really harsh, but it's like super real. Um, also, I remember when that had come out, a bunch of people were like thought it was about time travel and then they were like disappointed and criticized the movie. And it's like, don't criticize the movie if it's not, because it's not a, about what you thought it was going to be about. Right. Like, the movie did what it set out to do. The m- movie was near flawless, you know. Um, so, that's such an engaging and, like, touching story. And the acting is phenomenal. And it's it deals with a relatively small cast, but the scope gets so much bigger. Okay. Like, both through time and space. And that's all I'll kind of say about that. Um, so, you know, I don't I don't want to recommend skipping Requiem, but if you have a chance to see the Fountain, and, and again, this is the thing, is you don't have to see Requiem before you see Fountain. If you get a chance to see the Fountain, like, see it. Don't wait until you can see Requiem. Um, you may see, again, there's definitely a progression as the scope gets bigger. Um, but because they're standalones, you're not going to, like, miss something.
0: You'll benefit from watching them in a sequence, but you won't, be so, it won't be such a detriment if you don't. Right.
3: Like, you'll see the growth of the director, but mm-hmm. not, it won't affect the plot right. that you're watching. Um, yeah. Um, Black Swan is fine, but I, I wouldn't be like, oh, you need to watch Black Swan. Uh, Noah was good. Again, like, the scope was huge for Noah. Um, but it wasn't, de- yeah, definitely not one of my favorites. But I want to watch it again. I've only seen it once. I want to watch it again and really kind of see more, get more out of it. Um, and then Mother is actually, like, right up there with, like, it might be too soon to say it's my favorite of his, but it's it's definitely in the running. Like, it's up there with Pie and Fountain. So it's like, you know, I feel like he, yeah, he kind of hit these, he has these peaks and valleys, you know, like, like Pi was, like, amazing amazing starting point, but then like went up and, you know, fountain was definitely a peak. Then I feel like kind of dipped a little bit and mother is back up to another peak. I'm not sure if it's a higher peak than the others, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. And it's <laughs> in its scope, in its, its use of metaphor. Uh, some of it is heavy handed, which I don't think is a bad thing. Um, it works. Um, so, yeah. So I guess my recommendation would be maybe watch pie first, because it is amazing and to see that sort of black and white very raw thing and then if you don't have time to watch them all in order maybe skip Requiem go to Fountain um, and then go to Mother um, yeah cool alright <laughs> okay so what about <laughs> so what about for Bond and Godzilla so yeah if, if someone was going to if you were going to recommend oh you should watch Bond and they're like or Godzilla like oh okay well what should I watch you know, I think I think
0: you and I might have some similar Bond answers. In that, I was gonna say I'd pluck. I'd, I'd end up to the total of like maybe five films. Yeah. That would cover not just the different actors, but the different moods of Bond. Yeah. Things like, promotional with Love, which yep. is largely the real you know the espionage films. Right, but right. then I'd also say you need to watch Moonraker which is the, the goofy, <laughs> fun, I, like, crazy tech, because Bond has covered this spectrum, uh-huh. and there's so much good to be had in both on both sides of it that I'd be like, you need to, you need to see them both. Mm-hmm. Because maybe you just hate Bond's attempts to make serious movies, but you're going to love the goofy, fun ones. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just think the goofy, fun ones are dumb, but you're going to like the more serious ones. So I'd, I'd say you'd have to run the spectrum. And I'd, Moonraker and From Russia With Love, um, then maybe even Goldeneye and Die Hard. hey just as Brosnan's mm. opposite ends. And, uh, maybe those four would be fine enough, I think. I'm, I'm maybe a more serious one somewhere. Mm-hmm. I,
1: I think for me, I totally agree with From Russia With Love. Mm. I, that would be my first recommendation. I would also say, um, Goldfinger. Because mm-hmm. that is very quintessential Bond. Mm-hmm. We get the gadgets, we get the car, we get the girl and the, the lasers. It's, it's a very iconic Bond film, I would say Live and Let Die because it's my favorite, and it's also here's another guy being Bond. It's in America. It's very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I would. In the
0: episode that that was a lot of that was on purpose. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know if I would start somebody with Moonraker as a recommendation. I love Moonraker, but I, I came at it very very late.
0: I see what you mean. But it's just throwing them into the deep end head first, yeah. sort of. But that's almost why I would do it. Just because I, you know, you know, oh, you're kind of losing faith. These movies are all too slow. Like, here's, here's where you're going. Here's Something. the other potential. You know, it's instead of starting with vanilla and gradually progressing to chocolate, I'd just be like, here's some vanilla and here's some chocolate. But your argument holds a lot of water, too. That just, hey, hey here's a face full of chocolate. Oh my God, it's so sweet. You know, it <laughs> right. could also be too much. This is Which is why I good. said I think we're going to have similar but different answers. Right. <laughs> like,
1: so that would be okay. that I would say from Russia with love, I or uh, Goldfinger, Live and, die. Live and Let Die, and then I would say Goldeneye, mm. and then probably Casino Royale. That just okay. gives you a spectrum, and depending on what you like of there, that's a good starting place for you. Mm-hmm. If you like From Russia and with Love, one of
0: those that you like, we can say here are the others you should watch, yeah. mm-hmm.
1: and that that's a good. Tempering, Sure. I'd also maybe throw Spy Who Loved Me in there.
0: Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah.
1: But, yeah. And then Godzilla-wise, am one. I the only person I, to have... This one's
0: all you. My okay. experience with the older Godzillas is... Uh, what's the word? Sparse at best. Okay. <laughs> so.
1: um, definitely watch Gojira. The very first one. Watch it in its original Japanese. Do not watch the American version. That would be my recommendation. The American Yeah,
0: that's more than old enough that there were some significant changes made, I bet. Yes, and they just
1: pasted in a white actor. And he... Seriously, like, there are sequences that are not filmed and it's very jarring contrast to the rest of the film. And he's the hero and he develops the thing that defeats Godzilla. It's a very... Irritating edit. Oh, weird. So I would watch the original. Um, the sequel is quite good. Um, raids again. Godzilla raids again is also good. Um, I would recommend the first movie with Mothra, which is it's Godzilla versus the Thing or Godzilla versus Mothra. That's that's a good. Um, for the original original series, those are good. That's Godzilla as um, destroyer of the Earth. I don't have a whole lot of recommendations for Godzilla as defender of the Earth. Um, if if you're gonna watch one, probably the first uh, uh, King Ghidorah, Godzilla versus the Space Monster, mm-hmm. I believe is what it's called. Because he kind of he teams up with Rodan. It's kind of fun, and there's this bigger, badder Godzilla character that comes in and that's an interesting dynamic. I don't know too... I haven't watched too much of the Rebirth film or the the first reboot films. The first one's supposed to be pretty good. I still don't own that one. But that's probably what I would recommend to to get a sense of that series. I would recommend watching the Matthew Broderick one from 1998 Mm -hmm. just because it's so bizarre and fun and misguided. That's why I enjoy it. Um... And then it would be I, I liked Godzilla 2000 which is in the same continuity as that first reboot and then Shin Godzilla. That's, I mean that, if I was going to re- recommend anything, that's the highest part of the list. But yeah. 1, 2, and 3 of the original series are really good. If you're going to watch D- Defender of the Earth, the King Ghidorah one is good. And then Godzilla
3: 98 I don't know if I ever saw Godzilla two thousand.
1: Yeah, it was another Toho Studios one. There's a alien invader that comes. Oh, okay. It's kind of like I saw that, and I was like this is very different from the ninety eight Godzilla because that's what started me as a fan was this really poorly adapted American version. <laughs> that's
0: that wasn't that's not surprising at all, really. That that American butchering. No, but I mean, import, uh, Taco
1: he, Bell advertised it. I was on board. <laughs> Yo quiero Taco Bell.
0: Of the, of the original, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, the terrible, terrible Yeah, they Yeah, the pasted in, yeah. It, I mean, it still happens. I'm yeah. Sure. films get adjusted for their markets and whatnot. But especially coming from Japan. Yeah. And especially... That close, matter. yep. I don't know exactly when our occupation after the war ended, so I can't speak to Godzilla, but you reminded me of a film I saw a class called Drunken Angel Kurosawa film from 1948 and we were still occupying Japan and our professor walked us through all sorts of things that Kurosawa did to get around the censorship laws wow like about how you you can't show you know they didn't didn't, the censors the American censors didn't want the American occupation to appear as thorough as it was Uh so if you film a street scene and there are Americans all over the place it's like no no I it's got to be, you know, got to be fewer Americans. Right. And I, I may be misremembering here. I'm sorry if I've done that wrong, but I want to say his train station scenes were filmed at night because during the day they are full Americans and Japanese people as well, but right. both. So he just rounded up a bunch of extras and at night filmed the train station and with no Americans around. Right. You know, all all the things he had to do that were very very clever, many of mm. them, to get around that. And I. With Godzilla, so when they said, "Oh, hey, we're importing this to the U.S.," it does not surprise me at all yeah. that many changes were made. Yeah. Sorry about that little oh. little sidebar mm-hmm. there. Yeah.
1: Kurosawa is a good director. I'm, mm-hmm. There, there will be some of him on this podcast, I'm yeah. sure, pretty yeah, it's, shortly. It's, yes. um, so, um, just in the interest of time, I was wondering if we had any situational I was movie recommendations because i have one that might be of interest oh
0: okay yeah, i mean i have one too but i'm not attached to it
1: no you you i i feel like i keep feeding some. if you want to go ahead
0: all right all right. i, I just want to make sure my notes here real quick make sure there isn't anything else we've we've missed about you know we usually do in the Well, here's my checklist time, uh, gush about bond
1: gush about godzilla your yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, checklist oh yeah
1: i made a uh i have a sheet of paper that says mumble "Mumble notes and number one is utter nonsense and that's (laughs) the list all right um mission accomplished check
0: so uh which one will i pick here what film are you most conflicted about and why or films i I know it's not really a situational (laughs) recommendation so i guess i'll turn that into if you needed to go back and watch a film because you wanted to to get a better grasp on it, to try to determine if you like it, right? What film would that be? What's the one that you keep thinking about and going, I don't know, maybe I should watch it again, and you go back and you watch it again, and then you find yourself still pondering and going, oh, I'll watch it again. And is there is there something like that? I, I
1: mean, I um, feel like we talked about that with uh, Rocky Horror.
0: Oh, okay. That, it's come about already. Yeah. You're, you're sort of... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough, I, mine we sort of danced around but it's the Maltese Falcon really yeah I still can't decide how I feel about that movie um, I still it still bothers me that's what people think of when they think noir right <laughs> because it's 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 headed in that direction but I think it's not there yet mm-hmm. I like to say it's a proto-noir gotcha. it's really not there yet it really isn't so and when you're
1: rewatching it, you're going back to see, okay, what are we seeing sure. noir-ish and, and in Separate
0: this? from that, I'm trying to just sort of distance it and go, do I like this film on its own? Gotcha. And even then I can't decide. Because hmm. there are things I really like, but things I really don't. Gotcha. I just, I don't know. I keep going back and forth. And then I'm conflicted about, like I said, about the way it's become the poster child for noir, when I think there are much better films out there for that. Much truer noir films out right. there for that. Um, but then... On the other hand, because it's sort of noir light, it helps rope people in, so they'll be more willing to get their feet get their feet wet with that and jump deeper. I, so it has its benefits. It's a good primer, you know. I, yeah. I just, I don't know why I asked about this topic because it's just going to be each of us going, "Eh, eh, I don't know, and then we're going to go, oh yeah, I understand, and that's it.
1: Rick Sanchez uh, mumble speak going on,
0: (laughs) distorted. Uh, distorted Bob Dylan (laughs) 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 I I love Bob Dylan by the way
3: what about you Tim Uh, Um, something you're undecided about probably like I mean since it came up just a little while ago probably Noah Um, and I think Mm -hmm. the thing that makes me want to watch it again is because I love the director so much and you know like with Black Swan, like I didn't love it, but it was like, okay, like it's it's kind of just not for me, you know. And with Noah, I feel like I should have loved it, and I, I don't know why I didn't. So, and maybe it's because of expectation. Um, so I kind of want to go back and, okay, now that I know what I'm getting into, kind of watch it again and watch it for what it is and and sort of see... You know yeah if it's if it's something that i kind of tainted with my own expectations or if it's just really not not all that great one of you know and i I was saying earlier i don't know if it was one of one of you like i definitely feel like he had that movie helped pave the way for doing mother like i feel like there's definitely a a progression and if he hadn't have done noah like either maybe he wouldn't have done mother it would have been done completely different and there is a progression there but um it's like this big
1: Bible epic with all this money and these A-list, and like this is the idea that yeah,
3: getting the name out there to make the
1: the passion project.
3: Yeah, but I mean also, and you know also the, the the scope of it. I feel like a lot of his other stuff, um, yeah, and, and, and it's, yeah, because Fountain is really weird. It, the the scope is big, but it's done in a very close personal way, uh, and you'll you'll probably see what I mean once you know when you see it. Um, but with with Noah it, yeah it was just flat out epic. Um, and I think yeah it's probably like the only film he's done that's that big in in scope and in character and in who it's kind of involving and then um, the scope of mother is big but it, it's almost more like like the fountain where it's it's a big scope in a metaphorical way but it's it's done in a very claustrophobic way gotcha. So um yeah whereas with this one it was just like, yeah, giant fucking rock monsters, and you know, and, and all of humanity, and the flood, you know, and it was just like, yeah, and it needed all those special effects and everything. Um, yeah, maybe that's a big part of it too. That's that's definitely his most effects-heavy film yeah. that he's done. Um, but uh, and and maybe that's part of what made it awkward is I was used to his, you know, him having a few effects here and there where it kind of served the purpose. Um, I feel like they were mostly mostly practical effects too um when possible whereas with that one yeah like i feel like you know the water and the the rock mo- it's just like yeah it's all like mostly cgi for all this stuff you know um so maybe that was part of what did it for me um also at the time that i watched it and this is interesting too cuz i think i talked i think you said you saw it rachel right, yeah like i remember being like oh yeah there's this very heavy like pro vegetarian right. message yeah. to it and you're like i didn't get that at all but um it was it was sort of uh, I think I watched it pre vegetarian um I can't remember if my wife was vegan at that point or not um but it was definitely just kind of like oh like what's 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 this? you know like kind of being hit with something that was to me so strong, so now that I am vegetarian to go back and re-watch it and not be so like slapped in the face by it and be like, you know, if, if I get more of a sense of, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, or, or if it's, or if I can kind of look <laughs> past that because, you know, and that was the thing too, like no one told me, oh, it's, it's a pro vegetarian movie. So like that was something I kind of picked up on my own. So to me, it felt very, very obvious, very forced because I didn't go into it with a preconceived notion. It was just like, oh, okay, I guess this is what this film is about. Or, you know, this is the metaphor that this film is about or whatever. Um, so that's one of the things I want to see, if I will kind of, like, if it'll resonate with me more now now being a vegetarian. And if it'll, um, you know, I, I won't take it so personally like I did the first time, you know.
1: Yeah, and like I, I said before about Rocky Horror, it's just that I I want so much to hook into the thing about it that that has this cult following, this mm-hmm. midnight audience and I just, I don't think it's part of my identity the way it, 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 it presents this alternative lifestyle, in scare quotes. Just like this idea that the way they exist in the world is perceived as freakish, but there's this community that connects with it. And I wish I had that, but I don't, and that's why I don't connect with it. And I keep coming back to it trying to, like, okay, maybe this is the time something will hook in. And I mean like I enjoy watching Tim Curry and it the vocal performances are outrageous and just just the spectacle of it is is enjoyable but just at the end I just continually feel like the thing that I'm supposed to be getting I'm not getting mm-hmm. from it and that's that's why I continually go back and forth on that one So
3: you know I wonder if part of that and this this could be a, a tangent you know maybe it connects with people who you know, because of their again, quote unquote, alternative lifestyles, are on such the fringes that that they they, they need that tribe for comfort. You know, mm-hmm. whereas like you know, I feel like there there are aspects of our personality that make us feel like outsiders in certain ways, but not to the point where you know the threat of violence against us. Right. You know, so so I wonder if it's that that sort of sense of um, we don't have the need for that sort of a, of a group of a tribe. Because our life, dep- you know, our lives don't depend on it the way theirs do, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's almost like, um, you know, yeah. If if we were in more of a state of duress, maybe you know, maybe that's why. Either what would help us connect to that or something else. But but then again, I think we have that on a more mild level, you know, with like oh, like the nerd culture, and the, you know, and and this and that. So it's like okay, like to the level to which we feel like outsiders is the level of. Uh, not the level of connection but the or the level of um uh, kind of fandom and and expression you know like we don't we don't do the kind of dress up and do the participation part of it with the stuff that we do because we we, you know we feel like we can be ourselves out in public you know we don't need to have that sort of oh this is the one time a year or a month i get to actually be myself you know Mm -hmm. and um you know, and, and, you know, that's because I've asked myself that thing with a lot of stuff too. Like, yeah, I, I wish I could be more into this participation about stuff and really connect with, with all this really cool stuff. And it's like, you know, and then I kind of look back and say, well, I don't, I don't really need it. You know, I get to see my friends every day kind of casually and, you know, to some degree, yeah, be myself. Like, sure, I can't, you know, walk around swearing while I'm at work. Well, I can, I can walk around swearing while I'm at work, let's be honest. But, you know, so it's, I think at the end of the day, I don't need the same degree of, of release and taking my mask off, maybe as, as a lot of people in that situation, the, the ones who are really big fans of, of Rocky Horror have to do. You
1: know, and I feel like my desire to want to connect with it is not. I'm not fetishizing it or sensationalizing oh, right. yeah, did, it. Yeah, it's it's yeah. just the idea that they seem to have tapped into something with it, and there's there's like the narrative resonates in a certain way with them that it just doesn't for me, mm-hmm. and I'm wanting that that satisfaction from the narrative because yeah. I'm a story junkie, mm-hmm. I guess.
0: Yeah, it's you know, between this and the, the female characters' discussion, we've done a really good job at showing us as looking in through the frosted glass window and trying to make
3: out a <laughs> <Shirei laughs> so yeah. going on? Hey, but, it's um, three white guys. What, what's going on in there? <laughs> no, 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 what's but, all this in uh, here? But I, Help us all, understand uh, your life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you all made a clip for me with the Falcon that I... I have a lot of trouble with that film, just watching it and deciding on it. With other films, I don't, it doesn't matter whether they're popular or hated or what parts people like or didn't. I, don't, I just nod. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch the film. I'm going to go, okay, here's what I felt. I can't do that with the Maltese Falcon. Every time I watch it, I find myself thinking about what's been said or written. Oh, and about influence okay. influencing other things. And about do the parts that I also enjoy make me a, an unoriginal sheep? And do the parts that I don't enjoy, make me a contrarian elitist jerk, and I, I just can't do it because it's so it's so very deeply ensconced in film history that I can't separate the movie from the film history baggage. Mm. I just can't do it. Yeah. Which is, I did it fine with Citizen Kane. I, you know, I don't know why I couldn't do it with the Maltese Falcon, but I can. Hmm. Mm. It'll be interesting to watch
1: both those with you, mm. which we... Mm-hmm. Inevitably, will do. Citizen yeah.
0: yeah. Kane's on my movie mumble list. Cool. That should be coming up next few. Having singles. never we'll, seen we'll it, see. so that that's. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I put Falcon on there. I maybe when we do, we do a masochism cycle. I'll be like, all right, fine, guys, put <laughs> this on. i put on things to, to <laughs> yeah, punish all. No, no that's not in the spirit of movie mumble. If we did watch the Maltese Falcon, I'd watch it properly again, and I would love to hear what you guys have to say. Mm-hmm. I feel like on that might help with off, that. That would yeah. help me for sure, One yeah. way or the other. Just, Another purpose of movie. Moment. Tim mentioned that earlier about mm-hmm. the the more we get out of a film by being having having our, each other present. So, right.
3: Yeah. Also, I can't remember if I brought this up. I feel like you, yeah, like you talked about that thing with Rocky Horror before. Did I tell you? Did, have, I, have I talked about before when I went to the Buffy sing along for the musical yes, episode? Okay, you did, so yeah. I, won't, I won't rehash that whole thing. But, um, um, but yeah, I think like my main point with that was just that uh, I think part of why I didn't really connect with Rocky Horror is like the just the thing itself wasn't something that was already interesting to me but i was already into buffy so the fact that we could do you know it's it's almost like if someone did like a, a godzilla musical that had audience <laughs> participation like i'm sure boom like you'd be right there in that in that world because it's the thing you already love but adding the audience participation. (laughs) It's funny, because I actually talked to a couple
1: friends of mine thinking about doing a Rocky Horror-esque midnight showing thing for the prequel trilogy for Star Wars. Nice. (laughs) A way of making it fun for all of us really Mm. bitchy Star Wars fans that can't find any value in it. Come up with a bunch of audience participation. Just things to yell at, like, Anakin when he's talking about sand. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just, like...
0: No, every, but yeah. every time sand is on screen, someone <laughs> yells either the word
3: coarse or irritating or gets everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it
0: gets
1: everywhere. Uh,
0: <laughs>
3: it
1: gets everywhere.
3: Well plus I feel like by now there are so many memes. <laughs> I mean, have you ever Star heard Wars? the tragedy of dark yes, plague exactly. and wise? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: we we have a, a Facebook message group that we just send Rick and Morty memes back and forth and then every so often it'll be the Plague is the wise. Oh, <laughs>
0: it's branching out for sure (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm. one of the ones I I would want to yell out is that one uh, where Anakin and Padme are eating and he's like cutting up a pear (laughs) and the meme is like when you're pretending your food is younglings (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, uh,
0: and uh, uh, now
1: we've turned into people memes I think it's time to shut down the podcast (laughs) I ruined
0: everything (laughs) (laughs) is there anything else y'all are dying to get out before we conclude
1: i'm I'm excited excited for the next cycle now i know
0: you announced it at the end of pi so this are these are you know bonuses and you can skip over them but because this is in order you're picking next goal yes sir we're watching on our uh, episode seven the seven (laughs) yes
1: (laughs) should have done the bond one for 007 Uh, episode but I mean, waste it. Always it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we are always changing. Yeah, we could just release it. <laughs> it differently. Um, no, um, it's uh, the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, a uh, mm-hmm. Wes Anderson film uh, starring Bill Murray. Okay. I'm quite excited to show you guys it because nice. it's going to be a very different kind of pick from what I've done previously. Mm, yeah. But I will still end up talking about having seen most, if not all, <laughs> of his other films in that quirk universe. Yeah. <laughs>
2: all
0: right so. put that on my list here <laughs> i didn't write that in last time apparently gotcha. Whoops. <laughs> all right well thank you all so much for joining us for this recap episode we hope we've you know not bored you by going over films from previous episodes and that like us you've got something something new something supplemental here uh, regardless we hope you'll join us for episode 7 for our third cycle <laughs> Which is just so exciting. Yeah, That's it's, it's really going cool. so, <laughs> And uh, thank you all for joining us. Good day. Bye. See you.